0: Hey, it's Bridget and Liz, and you're listening to Dude Guess, Guess
1: What? Hey, hey, guys, it's episode 34. Yeah, and today we have a very special guest, Kirsten. Hello, He's on, on the podcast today, and uh, we're kind of just gonna, Liz, what's up? What's been up? Like, anything crazy?
0: anything crazy well my days are pretty monotonous but great all the same um but today oh shoot what do we do i don't i honestly can't remember um this last week but today we went to um ryan's family's like halloween party mm-hmm. down in provo and we literally just got back from that
1: um i so, coaxed you into going to church
0: yeah bridget coaxed me into going to church Today I called her like in my pajamas at like eleven thirty, and she's like, "You're not going to go to church?" i was like, "I wasn't planning on it. Should I?"
1: <laughs> yep. And
0: Bridget was like, "You need to. You need to have blessings." And I'm like, gosh oh, you're probably right."
1: <laughs> yep, that's uh, that's what little sisters are good for, right?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially Bridget. She tells you how it is, which is good, but also annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone needs a sister like that. <laughs> no, I know. On the way, speaking of like that kind of stuff, on the way home, Ryan and I, were just like ch- chatting about you know life and whatever. And um, we were talking about like how we always like razz each other. You would tease each other in front of people, and Ryan was like, "Man, are you gonna like roast me on the podcast today?" And I said, "No, I'm not going to do that today." And he was like, "He's like, yeah, I'm the only person you make fun of." And I was like, "I
1: also make fun of Bridget." <laughs> so yeah bridge you're my other person yeah i'm just an easy target that's for sure
0: yeah so okay sorry 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 now i'm gonna get back to what we were doing we're at ryan's family's halloween party and sarah gave us one of um levi's old costumes and it was a little dragon and so we dressed robbie up in that little dragon costume and he just it's like so big on his head it was like kept coming over his eyes and he'd be like (laughs) like trying to see (laughs) Did he hate it? No, he didn't hate it. He just was just like, "What is? What is this?" <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, just like when we dress up our like, you know, our, we had a dog named Milo, and we would dress her up, and she would be like, R-r-r-r-r-r. "Like, he just tried to wiggle out of it, but he didn't do anything. He just awesome. like was what chill. So, what about you, May?
1: Um, nothing. I mean, my mother in law is in town which has been fun. We've just been hanging out and Anthony and I went on a date last night, which was like crazy. Cause I feel like, what we- I know. Whoa. Okay. So we actually went to like this Vietnamese place and, um, it was super good, Anthony. So like when the residents do night shift, um, at the hospital, typically like the senior resident is supposed to bring dinner to them. And so they went and originally had. Wait, 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 wait. Is that a rule? No, I think it's just like a a courtesy. It's kind of like a, like, it's kind of like um, a tradition that like, that's what happens or whatever. And obviously Anthony's like, there were some senior residents that never, well,
0: I have never seen that happen in Grey's Anatomy. So I'm not sure how true
1: that is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. They do other weird things. But um, anyway, so uh, so he had tried this Vietnamese place and Anthony, I'm like, he's always like, it's it was so good. It's so good. And I don't like necessarily think he has the greatest taste in food because one, he makes tortillas with like peanut butter on it at night. And I'm like, what? That's a serial killer behavior. Yeah, like, no, I'm
0: saying he has, he gets tortillas and- No, puts- I understand the concept of tortilla and peanut butter together. Blech.
1: Yeah, I know. And and so, anyway, and yeah, I mean, he like grew up on eating dominoes every week and, like, cold cut sandwiches. So, and he ate Totino's pizza in college. So, his, like, food critic is eh. Do you, you know what, what,
0: though? I'll tell you something. Last week, we went to to, to uh, Costco, and they have tons of samples right now, and they were sampling those little, to, to, whatever, Tostino, Totino, what is it called? Totinos? Totinos. Like, the little mini mini ones, mini pizza bites. That girl got me, dude. I bought an entire box of them, and I came home, and I tried them, and
2: I was like, bro, these these are actually, I don't know, I was hungry. <laughs> yeah, but wait till your kids are older, because then you'll even love them more, because it's like, quick dinner, whoop, there you go.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, they were good that's how I felt about Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Remember we went,
1: we we went, we when we first moved to Oklahoma, we went to Chuck E. Cheese and I was like, this is
2: actually pretty good. Like who am I anymore? That's my husband's favorite pizza actually. And at first I I was like, really Chuck E. Cheese? Did you try it? Oh yeah. We've had it multiple times. It's not bad at all. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad
1: at all. But anyway, so we went to the Vietnamese place. It was actually super good. So it's like restored my faith in Anthony. But tonight we did um we just like, you know, we went to church, hung out with family today, and um I made a nice dinner and I made bread today. And um then what we pumpkins. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love I forget how much I love making bread, like and when it's hot and the heel is like the best part to me of the bread. But um we carved pumpkins and I have got to say, I think I've done a very good job at my carving pumpkin. So
0: can confirm from the picture Bridget sent. It is pretty good.
1: Yeah. What about you, Kirsten? Did you have anything cool this week?
2: Well, we were busy doing Halloween stuff. We had trunk or treats galore, I feel like. But uh, our house is exploding with candy at the moment. Um but not a bad thing because I tell my kids they can pick five pieces of candy from whatever they get. And then I pay them a dollar for every other piece of candy in their bucket. And they're totally okay with it right now. We'll see how they get it when they're older. But then we just stash the rest and I either hand it out on Halloween or well, so we good. give it out at church because my husband's the bishop so he has all the candy in his office
0: <laughs> Wait, so i have a question about trunk or treats are they like replacing um actual
2: trick-or-treating or is that just an addition it's mostly like the school did the trunk or treat for us or like church okay. events
1: okay. um, kind of we only went to our church trunk or treat but it was like two weeks ago or yeah no 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 maybe it was anyway um but we still are going to go trick-or-treating tomorrow yeah.
2: So. We still do the door to door thing. So, yeah. yeah. And actually, last night we went to a hockey game. There's not like, not professional, but it's like bigger than college, like the least feeder team in or whatever. And my second son loves hockey. And so, um, my husband's company got seats against the glass. And so he got to like pound on the glass at the players. Wow, thought, oh, that's my so,
0: gosh, cool. like, so. Hey, Wait, Kirsten, where do you live? Well, you live in Wisconsin. Oh, okay, okay.
1: Yeah.
0: so hockey's probably big, really big out there. It is really big out okay. here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was yeah, like the so Grizzlies,
2: it. like the Utah Grizzlies. Yeah. Oh, oh, like, okay. <laughs> <I would>. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is the the Green Bay Gamblers up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So they're not that great. But um total like side note my husband ended up in the er not because of the hockey game but he started to get like severe stomach pains during the hockey game and he oh is one. like we've never gone to the er in my entire life with him and anyways he ended up in the er last night and is he okay he's currently laying on the couch like in really bad pain still but oh my then- gosh they did a CT scan and, like, they don't really know what's wrong. This happened actually to his brother and my sister-in-law, like, a week and a week and a half ago. So I'm almost wondering, like, they thought hers was gallbladder stuff. And they thought his was, like, intestinal stuff, my brother-in-law. And anyways, they live near us and we were, were with them all the time. And it was just like, okay, maybe this is a virus of some sort that, like, attacks your intestines. That, like, gives you uh, severe pain. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> So, I'm just hoping I avoid that. Yeah, and, dude. But That was kind of our crazy, exciting week.
1: <laughs> Sarah's husband gets really bad, like kidney stones.
2: Mm hmm. Like- yeah, and it's not. They did a CT scan and there's nothing wrong with that. So, I don't know. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, he was home all day. I went to church today with the kids and anyways it was kind of nuts oh and to add to it he had a reaction to the morphine they gave him and like his oxygen levels started to drop and i wasn't actually with him because i had the three kids and we were like 40 minutes from home and he went to the er in green bay and we live like 40 minutes south and so his brother drove up and picked us up for the hockey game and then we drove over to the hospital and his brother went in to be with him and I took the kids home and anyways my husband's death was like it's a good thing you weren't there you would have been freaking out and you don't need that extra stress I'm like yeah I probably would have (laughs) oh my gosh that was great
1: yeah that's I'm glad hopefully he starts feeling better
2: that's not fun. I know no fun to have stomach yeah So.
1: It's yeah. Um, Liz, any uh, current event? Or no, wait. Did you want to go over the crumble? Dude, I saw the crumble and I'm disappointed. I'm like super disappointed. Do you have uh, a crumble?
2: Even- in? I'm about 40 minutes south of us. We do. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Not I to. like peanut butter nougat, chips, blue monster. It's a chips ahoy cookie, almond, coco- almond coconut fudge. Ugh. I don't know. They all sound gross. Hornbread honey cake. Like
2: Couldn't they have done something like a Reese's? Like everyone loves Reese's during Halloween or something like
1: that. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't do something like that. Like I don't know. Or have like a spooky treat you know? Yeah. I mean the sugar cookie does have a bat on it so or maybe you can't see it. Dang it. Anyway. But whatever. It's fine. I'm not going to get him anyway. I just always am <laughs> like waiting for that chocolate cup thing to come back. I know. The cookie cup. Yeah. Oh well, dreams.
0: Uh. Yeah, keep dreaming.
2: I you know. Hey, I know a girl who's like way up high and crumble. I can put a word in for you. Oh, my gosh. Please do. Yes, please do. It's like the Jack Jack
0: cookie. From <laughs> Disneyland. From Disneyland. We talk it about it out, like on every this single is what podcast.
1: Happens. It came out last January. And that was when I had COVID, like our whole family got COVID and it came out and I was like, I can't taste it. (laughs) I was so sad because I knew, I knew that it would taste good, but I couldn't taste it. Um, Current event, Liz. Current event
0: is that Giselle, I don't have to say her last name and Tom Brady got divorced,
1: bro. I just don't, I don't get like his whole he had like retired, or something had happened last year where he said he was done being a football person. And then, well,
0: didn't you okay. see those memes? It was about him like saying, like, he's like, I'm going to retire. And then he retires and he spends like a week home with being at home with kids. And he's like, never mind, I'll play football. <laughs> I yeah, I saw that. Think, like, it's easier to play football and get like beat up than like stay at home with your kids all day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would kind of agree with that sometimes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I would, I would, yeah, definitely agree. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, I don't know. I'm just, it's crazy. They were together for like 13 years, I read, or something.
0: That's a long time
1: in Hollywood, Dad. Yeah. All right. Well, um, today we are going to be talking to Kirsten. She is our guest speaker on. And I'm super excited because I seriously love Kirsten. She and I work for Chatbooks. And she was like my, well, she was my leader, but it's basically like your boss. And I always like loved talking to her and it was so fun when she was my leader and stuff. And anyway, I
2: never think of it as a boss, by the way, just uh, FYI.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I'm super excited to have her on. Um, but this is definitely like a trigger warning because this is going to be about Um, pregnancy and infant loss, right? Or yeah, infant anyway. Um, And so for those that are triggered by that or, you know, anyway, please don't listen if that does is a triggering thing. So um, Kirsten, can you just give us like a little bit, like a little biography about you, who you are?
2: So Kirsten Jones here. I'm coming at you from my dressing closet because it's a quiet (laughs) room in my house. Um, But uh, I grew up mostly in Washington State, just north of Portland, Oregon. I grew up in a family of four kids and um, I have been married for almost 10 years now. And um, my husband and I have lived in six different states and moved 12 times. Holy cow. So we have moved a lot in our short time of marriage, but we finally settled in Wisconsin and we bought a home in March, um, this past, or of 2022 and it's our forever home. And it's actually across the street from where my husband grew up for like 20 plus years. So we opened our front door, which our home is newer than what his was. He lived there for over 20 years, but, um, Anyways, we open our front door and his house is across the street, which is kind of crazy. Oh, <laughs> kind we basically of... are like reliving memories from what he grew up with, which is kind of fun. Yeah. But, like take cool. my kids on that memory road. So, um, anyways, we have three kids. Um, Jameson is eight and Lucas is a uh, six next week. And, um, Ainsley is three. She's our baby girl. So, um, and then, uh, yeah, we've just been northeast, north, southwest, east coast, all the everything. So kind of cool. I have, like Bridget said, worked for chat books. That's where we know each other. And it'll be eight, eight years. Yeah. Eight years in wow.
1: January. It's crazy. That's, so crazy. That's so long.
2: It is long. I've been working since my oldest was nine months old. So it's just been the perfect. Home You're auto.
1: like the one of the OGs, like I know.
2: Crazy. There's only like three of us left. I feel like, but that <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> one. So, uh, anyways, um, kind of yeah. Anything else you want to know about me? I don't know. Well, no, I
1: mean that's great. I just, I guess, too, like to start us off, kind of, um, just give us a little bit of a background of like your story in terms of um pregnancy loss and everything that has. of gone on so that we can know about it
2: yeah so um a lot of people ask like is it hereditary um so i grew up with four kids like i said i'm the third of four and my mom had three miscarriages um one was her old first and then one between her second and third. So just above me. And then my younger brother was a twin and she miscarried the twin. Um, So I kind of, I grew up knowing about miscarriage, knowing about that kind of stuff. And first off, I have to apologize if I get emotional about it just because it is something that's sensitive to my heart as well, obviously. Um, But kind of background, I didn't really think too much of it. My older sister um with her first she had turner syndrome and so when with that it's just a chromosomal disorder that if they survive birth then they usually don't live very long but um mm-hmm. my niece passed away at 24 weeks gestational and so i had that experience when i was 16 where my sister actually wanted me to come to the hospital and like hold her and like mm-hmm. meet her and everything she never lived past birth but like you know still a body and everything that way yeah. um and so i remember that being 16 and it was a, it always stuck with me and so we had our first no complications he was 41 weeks and three days the little beast came out huge and uh oh. anyways uh, tore me to pieces i never actually after my first we kind of joked because i was like so destroyed down there that I was like am i ever gonna have children again <laughs> <And> like just because <laughs> as moms can feel like it just was hard of having your first. So, um, we had our first and we had moved to Northern Michigan. Um, my first was born in Nevada and, um, he was in 2014. And then we'd kind of figured we wanted kids like every two years. That was just kind of what our thoughts were. Um, but as it went on, um, at about, 19 months we got pregnant again, and we were excited. And Jameson was super excited to be a big brother, as a 19 month old can comprehend. Um, and anyways, um, I went in for my 10 week appointment and didn't think much of it, just went in as a normal appointment, and they couldn't find a heartbeat. Um, And that was our first loss. And the baby had only grown to eight weeks, three days. And Mm. I, honestly, I, for the first time in my life, like, I didn't get married till I was 26. And I'd been through a bunch of breakups and been engaged and thought I'd known heartbreak. But like, that really was the first time that I felt like my heart was so broken that I had like, lost something that was a part of me and Mm -hmm. anyone who's had kids can relate that like the kid is a part of you from day one that you find out right like Mm -hmm. you feel that child you love that child no matter what and so um that that was hard we were in northern michigan no family was around us like we it was right before christmas actually um it was december 21st that we found out and um i just was like oh my gosh, like maybe we're only going to be able to have one child. And Seth and I talked a lot about it and it was just, um, I don't know, it was it was a hard thing. Like, do we want to try this again? Because once you've lost a child, it really feels like, like it's just hard to have faith in pregnancy again. I guess that's the easy way to put it. But um, this is a long part of what your question was, but basically. Oh,
1: great. Um, I mean, not yeah. great, but like, thanks for, I mean. <clears throat> Yeah, I didn't even know that. I had no idea that you had one like right after Jameson.
2: Yeah. Um, and so then we we actually were supposed to go to grad school. Well, we did go to grad school and I was due in July that next summer of twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. And uh, anyways, we ended up moving to Oklahoma <laughs> for grad school and we ended up moving in July, and that was the first time. I felt like, well, maybe the second time in my life that I felt like for me on a personal level that like God was aware of timing of our life because we didn't know that Seth was going to go to grad school at that point when we miscarried. Um, And I had to go through because my body doesn't induce labor on itself or my body doesn't, um, even with full-term babies, I have to be induced. And so um, I had to go in and have a DNC because I had no signs, no bleeding, nothing. And so... They put me on the pill for that first miscarriage, and nothing happened, so they just went in and cleaned me out. So going pregnant, come out not, which is kind of and you have nothing really to show for it, right? Like there's just you feel empty inside. and um, so I spent a lot of time just kind of pondering, like self-reflecting, being grateful for the one baby that I have and just holding him really close. Um, so, then we moved to oklahoma found out we were pregnant again lucas was born um, in november of 2016 and that was a really emotional pregnancy i would say because every single appointment like i go to just like is this baby gonna be alive is this baby you know you just kind of like always have that question in your mind so that Pregnancy was super faith building for me, but I didn't fully comprehend necessarily. I just kind of went day by day trying to enjoy each day, Um, but it wasn't necessarily easy to do that. Um, And then we found out Lucas had kidney issues um, and he might have to have surgery during pregnancy, but then that ended up not happening. And then right after he was born, they did more scans and When he was three days old, we went to um, Oklahoma City to meet with a urologist, and they were like, we're going to admit you right now, and Seth was in class, and anyways, as a brand new mom again, I was like, you're not going to do surgery on my three-day-old baby, and so that was just, like, hard after, like, thinking, oh my gosh, am I going to lose my baby that I've just, like, Mm -hmm. gone through all of this with, so thankfully... He ended up not having surgery till he was four, um, which was a blessing. Um, a lot of history with that. But um then in the meantime, Seth finished school. We moved to Wisconsin for the first time. And um, Lucas was like 20 months old, and we were like, we we wanted to try again to see maybe if we could continue to grow our family. We kind of had always wanted a big family, but um I had felt like I'm not getting any younger being that I was already in my thirties. And so we were like, okay, let's try again. And so of course, like we've never had issues, which is such a blessing. We've never had issues getting pregnant. It's just been keeping the pregnancies. Um, And so I vividly remember like that. Okay. I feel sick. Things must be okay. I'm nauseous. Like every sign you pay attention to, of like being grateful for being sick or being grateful for having the nausea or things like that, that like most of the time we don't appreciate being early pregnancy. Um, but anyways, we ended up, Jameson was so excited. He was four at the time. So he really did comprehend like mommy was having a baby and we always included our kids in that process because we're a family and we want them to be a part of it. And, So my father-in-law came to watch them and again, went in for my 10 week, no sign of anything. Um, And I remember, I don't think you were on my team at the time, Bridget, but um, Britt was on my team and Jen was on my team. And I remember um, them like all sending messages, like, it's going to be great. Everything will be fine. You know, like all that. And went in for the 10 week again and no heartbeat for the baby. And I just was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, this can't be happening again. And interestingly enough, which I still don't know the answer to this or if there is any answer to it. um, But the baby was eight weeks, three days gestational. So kind of crazy. And in my head at that point, I went, hmm, um, maybe I just can't carry girls. Like maybe hormonally, there's just like a disconnect, right? But at this point, the doctors wouldn't do anything because I didn't have two consecutive miscarriages. Um, because I had a live birth between. And I was kind of frustrated about that because I'm like, but I've had two. Like there has to be a reason, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm a girl that likes reasoning. <laughs> I, I, I I faith is one of those hard things for me. And maybe that's why I, um these types of things, why I go through these things. I don't know. Um But anyway, so we lost that one again, had to go through a DNC. Um, so the next morning, checked into the hospital and went in pregnant and came out not. Um, and at this point, um, which I know we might talk about later in the episode too, but um, the hospital that I gave well, that I had that or the DNC, um, they gave me a little ring and there was a little poem that went along with it. And it was all about how life is eternal and that the baby will always be a part of our family. And that meant a lot to me because for my belief, I believe that like one day we'll be able to be with them and raise them again. Um, but I didn't realize that others necessarily believed that. And like this hospital that I, Gave birth in was just like a Christian hospital, like it wasn't the same religion or anything. Um, Obviously, I'm Christian, but so that was tough, but like comforting to me to have something tangible to hold on to. Um, and then we ended up moving to Arizona um, a few months later and we moved, got all packed up, and moved into our new house in Arizona and it was the first Sunday of the month. And so in our religion, we fast on the first Sunday of the month. And I was like, I'm two days late for my period. Maybe I should take a pregnancy test just, just in case. So I don't have to fast. Like that was what was. <laughs> <in my head. laughs> and, um, and so then I, like, it wasn't one of those things that like we were wanting to be pregnant again because I really wasn't like, that was really hard for me. And it was really hard for the kids, um, especially Jameson to like experience that and kind of rewinding. He he was in the car with my husband one day and he's like, well, dad, like, do we get to name this baby or like what happens to this baby? And my husband was like, well, the baby's still ours. Like, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl, but um, hopefully eventually we'll be able to raise the baby in heaven. And Jameson just like, the faith kid that he is, he's such like a strong kid. He was like, well, it was a girl and this is her name. And he like, blurts out her name. And I was like, "Uh, okay. So like Seth Kemp's tells me that. And I was like, well, I guess that's her name. Like, that's what we don't know. But like for him, if that helps him, then by all means, like I don't want to dash what he believes and what mm-hmm. he's feeling. And so since day one, she's been Elsie in our family. And that's what we still refer to her as. Um, And so she is still very much alive and a part of their life, which is cool, because they talk about her um, a lot. And not as I mean, she's just, when they talk about our family, it's like, oh, we have three kids in our family. But really, we have and they like talk about our babies we don't have on earth. And, and so it's like, and I've never been one not to talk about that and maybe that's why I was okay even doing the podcast about it is because I find with miscarriage or loss that a lot of women don't talk about it and they just hold it inside and for me I've talked about it with a lot of friends and then realized that they've gone through the same thing and that's that's been healing for them and healing for me too and so I've been super open with that. So anyways, we got pregnant with Ainsley and I started bleeding at 12 weeks and it freaked me out again because I'd made it through the 10 week. We actually did blood tests and the doctor was like, everything's fine. You don't need progesterone shots, like anything. But then my dad passed away when I was 13 weeks pregnant with Ainsley. And so I believe like the bleeding was just stress and everything, um, related, but you know, again, faith, like, I'm bleeding. That must mean the baby's dead. That must mean we're not going to have, you know, like all those thoughts go through your mind. Um, and, and so that was a hard thing to continue to push forward with. And my sweet husband, he's so supportive. He just constantly was like, whatever happens is supposed to happen. Like God's in control. We can't, we can't mess up with that. And I was like, I know, just my control. <laughs> I wanted.
1: Anthony says to me sometimes, and I'm like, "But I need to know." <laughs> oh, no. right. like Ugh. I can't. This is my. I need it. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Yeah.
2: No. So, um, we were blessed. We were blessed with a little girl, and so that kind of threw my theory out of like, I couldn't be all the girl. <laughs> like that was completely out the window. Um, and then. We ended up moving back to Wisconsin when Ainsley was nine months old. And honestly, after Ainsley, I was like, we're good. Two boys and a girl. Like, we've got our family. I was really good. And my husband was like, well, are we good? Like, after Ainsley was like two, he's like, are you sure that we're done? And I never had that feeling of, like, this is our last baby like a lot of people have. Um, and I know a lot of people don't, so my, I was one questioning in my head, are we done? Because our pattern had been like, good, not good, good, not good, good. That I'm like, let's just end on a good note. (laughs) And, um, but something just didn't sit right with that. And so in October of last year, actually a year ago on Halloween, um, I got really sick and like, I am not a, maybe TMI. I'm not a puker. When I'm pregnant, I just get really nauseous and gaggy. Um, but I like had a horrible night that I just like couldn't stop puking. And as a joke, like my sister-in-law was like, are you pregnant? And I was like, Haha, funny, no. And um, come to find out a few days later, yes, we were pregnant again. And so um, having been through what we did, Typically, when you get pregnant, a positive pregnancy test, you're all excited about it. Right. Um, but I was really, really nervous with this one. And I told my husband from the very beginning, like something just feels different about this. And I was really, really, really sick, like fought on my back for like 11 weeks. Um, and I obviously had three other kids. (laughs) It's winter, like trying to survive winter in Wisconsin and keep up with them. And um, we made it past the 10-week ultrasound. I actually had a six-week ultrasound because of my complications. But again, they wouldn't do extra testing. Um, And I was like, okay, like we're past the 10 week ultrasound. we have a healthy baby, but I just had that like deep down inside feeling of like, something's not right. And I didn't know what it was. Um, so in February, we went on vacation as a family to Florida and my doctor wasn't worried about it. Like early pregnancy, nothing to be too concerned about. Um, and while we were in Florida, I started to bleed. And of course I like, freak out to Seth and he's like it's okay like just take one day at a time like let's see if it continues and so like it would stop and then like another day I just start like another day I'd start spotting and I was like okay this is not normal like but a lot of people spot during pregnancy so I was like we're okay like we'll just keep going and then the day we were leaving that morning I woke up and I started bleeding a lot heavier and I said to Seth like something's not right. And he said, call the doctor. I agree. And so on my way, home, I called the doctor and we landed in green Bay and it was a Friday and, or it was a Thursday. And the nurse said, okay, well, these are the things you need to stop doing. Let's like kind of monitor and see what happens if things don't change by the morning. Call me. Cause I wasn't cramping or anything. And she, I was like, okay. Um, and so by this point, I was almost 16 weeks pregnant and, um, I was, I don't know, in my head, I was like, okay, maybe it's just that something's wrong and everything will be fine once this passes. Um, and, um, then we went through the weekend cause it slowed down again and Monday or Sunday it picked up, the bleeding picked up again. And so I called the nurse on Monday morning, Seth left for work. I took the kids to school and um, the nurse said, let's get you in for an ultrasound just to check. I'm coming at one o'clock. I was like, okay. So uh, I called Seth. I was like, hey, can you meet me at the hospital at one o'clock? And he's like, oh, I have a client. I won't be able to be there. And I was like, it's okay. Like I've done ultrasounds by myself, like no big deal. So I dropped my little one off and my sister-in-laws and I headed to the hospital and Seth ended up meeting me at the hospital. And I was like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I just felt like I needed to be here. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And he's like, but it's fine. I just want to be here for you. And I was like, okay. And, um, we went in, had the ultrasound and immediately, I saw the little fetus all curled up and I couldn't, like having known what it looks like before, I couldn't see the flutter, which you always look for in your baby. Mm -hmm. And uh, then as soon as the ultrasound tech, like put the probe on me, she was like, just so you know, I can't say anything. You'll have to like, wait till we're done. And then the doctor will talk to you. And I'm like, obviously I know what that means, you know? And so like Seth was sitting on the bed with me and I just looked at him and he, like, we both just started crying. Cause we knew immediately. And I just said to the ultrasound tech, I'm like, I don't see a heartbeat. And she's like, neither do I. And um, I was like, I know what that means. And she's like, I know. Um, and she's like, but let me just keep doing some measurements and see like what we can find. And so they measured everything. Baby was like, 13 weeks, four days. And um and so I don't know, it was a whirlwind at that point because I was past 12 weeks. It was a different experience. I couldn't Mm -hmm. just go in and have a DNC. And literally zest in my life, we felt like just did like a total flop at that point. And like she gave us some time and I obviously lost it and could like It's not uncontrollably. Stop crying. Um, And then she's like, we're going to take you up to labor and delivery. And then the doctor will come talk to you. And I'm like, why am I going to labor and delivery? Like that's where babies are born. (laughs) Little did I know that I actually had to go through full induced labor with this one. Um, And so that was a different experience because we had to choose, do we want to see our baby or not? Whereas before we never had that option. Um, And so those moments were hard, um, trying to figure out what life would look like after that. Um, And did we wanna see our baby? Do we wanna know if it was a boy or girl? did we want to cremate? Did we want to bury? Did we want to, you know, all these things that like you never think you're going to be faced with when you get pregnant. Um, and so a lot of prayer and a lot of searching and pondering within those moments of trying to talk to doctors and nurses coming in and everything. Um, and so anyways, um, we ended up having to induce labor, about four o'clock that afternoon and went through the Pitocin, did the epidural and, wow. you know, the whole, the pills to relax your cervix. And, um, and then our little baby boy was born about 8 20 that evening, um, with a lot of miracles and things that happened between it. Um, but it, it was an experience that one I don't want to ever do again, um, but pretty miraculous to see even at 13 weeks that this little baby has toes and fingers, Aww. a little penis, eye, eyes, ears, nose, everything. Right? Like he was okay. about six inches long, um, and I knew for me at that point that it was like this is a child. Like this is my child. And this one, baby is a part of me. My husband had the experience of cutting the cord, still. Cause you have to go through that as well. Um, really? And it just, it was a very spiritual part of our life, but very difficult too. Um, and we did get to spend as much time as we wanted with him. That was our choice. Um, and, and I'm grateful we did cause, um, there were moments that it was, I would feel like weren't necessarily real to me unless I had had that moment. And I know there's people that choose not to, and I completely respect that too. Um, Cause it's hard. It's really, really hard. Um, but that's kind of been our journey. Um, and believe it or not, we're actually expecting again, and now 22 weeks pregnant. <laughs> uh, no. And so we're now expecting a little girl March 1st. Uh, um, so that's every- exciting. It is exciting. So the end on a good note that way, yeah. um, but it's this pregnancy has definitely been the most faith building, trusting in God experience that I have ever had after having our little boy in February, we named him Carter. Um, and I, I, Every day I'm just grateful to be able to carry this little one. And that was what my decision was when we decided to even try to have another one is I said, I just have to put my faith in God that if I'm supposed to have another one that like, it's his will, not mine. And and I had to be okay with that, um, and so I have to be every day. And I just am thankful each day that I'm am pregnant. And I was very, very sick with her for a long time. Bridget knows; <laughs> I've talked to her about that.
1: I know but. it's like crazy to hear this because I remember even talking to you. I think you were in Florida, and or maybe it was like right before you went. And then I remember when you texted me when you were you knew that you were going to be delivering your baby then. Yeah. And yeah. I just it's just so heart-wrenching because I've never experienced that. And like and I guess that kind of like brings me to a question for you is like how can we like I guess how do you uh like support people that are that are going through something like this?
2: You know, I'd ask myself the same question, especially having like seen my sister go through it and stuff, um, because it's hard to relate when you know having like in any situation in life. But like you, I know a lot of my friends are like, I have healthy babies. Like I almost feel guilty asking or saying anything, right? Or like, what do I even do? And for me, and I know it's different for everybody, but for me, I felt like the best thing that people can do is even to just like, send a text to be like, I just want you to know I'm praying and loving for you. And I can't even tell you like, countless times how many people have reached out, especially like right after losing Carter, um, like the things that I would randomly get in the mail or um, the texts I would randomly get that it was just like, oh my gosh, like, people care and people are thinking about me and, and that means a lot. And like, I know that you don't necessarily understand what I'm going through, but there's things in my life or even for me that I don't understand that you're going through. Right. And like, and we all have those things, but that doesn't mean we can't be there to support each other through those hard times still. Um, And so I just always feel like even a little, thinking about you or a quote or something like that is very helpful for me.
0: So on the flip side of that, then what's something um, people shouldn't do? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. Um, You know, I'm a very optimistic person. Bridget can tell you, like, I'm usually one that like thinks of the good versus like the bad. And I never want to think ill because I don't ever feel like people Mean to do things necessarily that come across, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there have been some things that are harder when people, um, for example, like be I would say be sensitive, especially posting on like social media when like you are expecting or like. Obviously people want to be excited, but like for me, I had a specific friend that personally reached out and said, I just want you to know that my heart hurts for you. And I'm telling you this personally because we are expecting and I don't want you to feel like you are not seen in this situation. And for Mm -hmm. me, I felt like that was huge. Whereas I've had other people that, um, including people in my own family that kind of made a joke or a mockery out of a pregnancy announcement. And that was hard for me because, and come to find out they did it to try to help me, but it was like in a totally wrong way. Um, But I mean, for those that obviously it's hard for them to get pregnant or hard to keep pregnancies or lose a baby later on, like those are sensitive things when people time and time again, like, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, and, like, Bridget will probably know, like, she didn't even really know I was pregnant until, like, way later with this one, because I don't post on social media, so. Well,
1: um, that's the other thing, is, like, do you feel like, you know, you've experienced many losses, do you, is it hard seeing, like, friends, coworkers, family members, like, get pregnant after you've experienced
2: that? Yes and no. Like, I'm very happy for them. Like, I really am. Um, And I feel like obviously that's journey. They have other things that are hard for them to go through. But yeah, yeah, I I won't lie. It is hard. (laughs) It's, it's very hard. Um, And especially like, we were due end of July, I had a lot of friends that were due beginning of August, end of July. And like, you know, in your head, you think this could be me, like I should be having a baby. And Mm -hmm. for me, I've been very blessed. And I feel like God has provided the opportunity for me. Like we were due July 29th with Carter. And I found out July 1st, I was pregnant with this baby. And so like, that was helpful for me to be able to have, but a lot of people don't have that, right? Like the experience, the loss and, And so it's really hard when that date comes along and like Carter was born on Valentine's day this last year, like that day will have a whole new meaning to us. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just those things that are triggering for sure. Um, and I find for me, I have to still celebrate those days. I still have to be aware of those days because, no one typically else is i have one friend that's amazing and always remembers the dates i don't know how she does it um but she always sends a card or she just sends a nice text i'm just thinking about you today i know it might be a hard day you know and it's like oh i'm not going through this alone type of thing even though and she's experienced loss in her own life and um with her own babies and so like we have that commonality to go through but like it is it's a hard triggering thing for sure when those times come along.
0: <laughs> so I, I kind of have a question about all that and I'm gonna get to it in a roundabout way. So um, uh, when I, I just had my first baby, right, in August. Yeah. And I think before you become a mom, you like don't really understand how to help people like who have children as well. Like I remember like helping or being around my friends or even my sisters. And when they had babies and I'd be like, Oh yeah, sure. I'll do this, you know, whatever. But now that I have a kid, I'm like, dude, that would have been so like when I, when I like my sister-in-law is pregnant right now. And I'm like, I know exactly how I'm going to help her. Like when she has this baby. Right. Um, And then, so there's that, that portion of this conversation. Then fast forward. Now we're um, planning his baby blessing and Sarah says to me on the date that we've chosen says, oh that's the date that we've that we found out or that's the date that I miscarried that's the first just I can't remember now the first time she had a miscarriage and I'm like oh, "Was her first or oh, was her first I was like I'm thinking like should I remember this date and I'm thinking like this would probably be something I would be more cognizant of if, if I have had a miscarriage myself, like being like, I should remember these dates for other people because it helps them feel remembered. Um, but so I guess my, like with both of those things, like you don't think about it until you've gone through it yourself, like marriage or miscarriage, like, do you feel like people should be remembering dates or like, um, do you like it? it? Yeah.
2: Um, I guess, maybe this isn't the answer. I don't know. There's probably no perfect answer because everyone's different. Um, but for me, I guess it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I think it depends on like our relationship, right? Like if it was my mom, I would fully expect, yeah. Like it would mean a lot to me if you remembered that. Maybe even my sisters. Now I would not like, like you said, you didn't realize that that was Sarah's situation. And like, I don't blame you for anything that situation because like you haven't been through it. Right. And Mm -hmm. like, but for her, that might be meaningful for her sisters to be like, Hey, I'm thinking about you during this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you might think more of like, Oh, the time of when you actually miscarried and lost the baby. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. so the timing in your head might be different. And so for me, I've loved when people are like, now tell me, when you are going to remember your baby or tell me what you're doing to remember your baby or you know those types of things because like for me I don't necessarily like yes I remember when I would be due but the time that's more sensitive to me is when I had that baby when Mm -hmm. that baby when I found out so like july of 2016 or december of 2014 you know like those dates um and february of last year like mm-hmm. those will be the dates that we as a family remember our children and so mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. it one it depends on the person and two it depends on the person who's been through that mm-hmm. and what maybe maybe some people don't even want and they just want to grieve it on their own like that yeah. that may And that's the hard thing with this situation and loss is like anything with death, like everyone grieves differently, right? Like, I mean, I lost my dad in my 30s, like, I'm going to grieve differently than someone who's loses their dad, either as a teen or in their 60s, or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, like, everyone grieves in a different way. Some people don't want to talk about it. And other people want to talk about it. And I find it's healthy to talk about it because it's not good to hold those things inside. But in your situation, like, especially since Sarah's your sister, like I would say, Hey, I know this was probably really hard for you. Like, what could I do to help? Or would this be something that would be meaningful to you to remember this date? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and even just that might be meaningful. And she might be like, Oh, you don't need to do that. Like, don't even worry about it. You know? Right. And that's probably something I would do, but like still even just have like a message of, Hey, I'm thinking about you this day because you do remember those dates as a mom. You remember your kid's birthday. You remember this, you know, you remember those special times as a mom and you remember the hard times too. So yeah, that answer that. Yeah, (laughs) no, that was good. That's a good answer.
1: Yeah. And, um, I guess kind of along like those lines of, um, how you've dealt with loss like do you feel like others kind of had certain expectations of you like with your emotions and feelings of of those specific losses and like did did that influence the way that you've you grieved those losses
2: yeah I mean my eight-week-old losses at 10 weeks pregnancy like were different and I felt like people actually viewed those differently than when I was 14 weeks pregnant or 16 weeks pregnant. I had the baby it was almost 14 weeks. Um, they're like, people almost expected me, I feel like to be depressed and to be down and to just like, I don't like, don't get me wrong. And I don't want you to take this the wrong way. Like it was very hard and it was very, difficult for us as a family to get through but like having the faith that we did and relying on for us our savior Jesus Christ like that for me I was like I'm not going through this alone and even and going along with that like my husband like I feel like in a lot of these situations, husbands get forgotten about. Whereas, like mm-hmm. this baby's just true. as much his as it is mine. Yes, I held it. Yes, I had to deliver it. Yes, my body went through this. But like, it's just as much a part of him as it is a part of me, right? Mm-hmm. And and so sometimes it was hard for me even to see like I'd get all the gifts, or I'd get the treatment, That's or true. I would do this, and it was like, but what about him? like he's going through this too. And, and so we had to, like, he doesn't like to talk about it where I like to talk about it. And I mean, even when I did this, I'm like, just so you know, I'm doing this. And he's like, well, you know, that's going to make our life like really public. I'm like, this is going to help me and help other women. And he was Mm -hmm. like, I'm hoping. And he was like, okay, well, that's fine if that's what you want. You know, like that's just, he handles it. And so, and I honor that. Like, I completely respect that because mm-hmm. it was just as hard for him to watch me go through it and for him to experience that. Like, he was by my side the entire time. And I've never experienced that side of it, right? Like, right. That, he he loves me more than anyone on this earth. And to see me go through the pain and the heartache and the the brokenness that went on for me, like, that's hard for a husband to deal with too. and right. and so, well, yes, we're talking about this. I just want to bring that up too like that expectation of like how I might act or how he might act, he might seem completely fine, but that doesn't mean he's hurting it not hurting itself right you know mm-hmm.
0: so and everyone like everyone deals with it differently, so right. yep. so. I, I don't know. So like with your guys' situation or like in your experience, how, how do you take the space to heal? And I feel like, you know, when you're talking about like people, like you said something, um, you know, people expect you to kind of like be super depressed all the time or whatever it is, like the way, but everyone grieves differently. So do you think like the grieving process, like, or your own grieving can prevent healing? Like those, anyway, those questions are but.
2: Yeah. I mean, I feel like people take the grieving when they need it. Right. Like there were multiple times in the first few weeks that it was like, there were just those moments that my kids, because that also brings on a whole new element. I have an eight year old that like, he'll remember this experience now mm-hmm. like, in his life. And like, I have to help him through his grieving process, which then helps me through my grieving process. And, and so you know, those little things, like, I I tried to help them, like, we bought them stuffed animals from build a, like, they got to a Build-A-Bear, and, like, put a heart inside of it mm-hmm. for Elsie, um, and they know that's their Elsie Bear, and, like, they have remembered oh, cute And so when we lost Carter, my oldest was like, well, what do we get to remember him by? And I'm like, well, and I let him choose. I said, well, what do you want? So, like, I... I wanted him to have something special to him. And so he got to choose and then Lucas got to choose what he, what animal he wanted. And they all chose a special stuffed animal and that's their Carter stuffed animal. And like, and so they keep them on their bed. Like that is their special, their special little animal to help them remember their sibling by. Um, And So, like, that was helpful for them to be able to grieve that way. Um, But for me, I had people give me – so, like, again, the hospital gave me the little ring. I actually keep them on my neck. That's why I keep playing with it. Um, But I have three rings that are on my neck that help me remember my babies that are always with me and they lay by my heart, which is just special to me because that's something – that is nice for me to remember them by um i also had someone else give me a bracelet that's in morris code that says until we meet again um Ooh. and that was probably one of the most meaningful gifts aside from my necklace that the hospital gave me because it was like another physical reminder i wear it on my wrist but it's not something So like where people will necessarily ask me about it, but if the conversation comes up, then like, I'm not, I'm okay talking about it type of thing. Um, and so those are things that help me grieve day to day to help me stay close to my babies, um, and other people, it's artwork, other people, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but like you said, everyone grieves differently. Everyone, I feel like on that side, some people might appreciate a simple reminder where others are like, nope, I don't want it. Kind yeah. of no, no. So, so
1: where did you feel like, and I know that, uh, you know, your faith is definitely like a big part of your life as it is mine, but like uh, where did, I guess, and maybe this is I already know the answer, but where did you feel like you found strength or help in the grieving process and healing process?
2: Um, yeah, definitely my faith. Like, first of all, my savior, Jesus Christ. Um, but then also with my husband, (laughs) um, uh, like it, it brought us so much closer as a couple to be able to go through that hard time together. Um, and I know some people, might not experience that, but like for us, it was kind of all we physically had to hold on to each other. Um, and of course then I have the blessing of the kids that I do have. Um, and just it, maybe this is bad, but like it helps me to treat them differently because I have experienced losing the kids that I want to raise. And so it's helped me treat the ones that I do have a little differently because I want them to know without a doubt how much their mom loves them. Yeah. Um, and so,
0: so yeah. I mean, I ha- I'm just going off of what you're saying. I haven't had a miscarriage, thank heavens yet, but I am also, I had my first baby, I'm 33. I got married later in life. And so like, um, because I've, I've always wanted to be a mom and I'm just like, I'm, and so like, now that we have, I finally have a little baby, I'm always like, I am just so grateful for him. You know, like he's such a blessing in my life. And when the times when he's like inconsolable and just like crying nonstop, you know, I'm like, I still love you. Like <laughs> this is Thank you for crying. You know, like I'm, I'm glad that I get to like do this through, like, even though I'm like, you know, at my wits end too, but like, it's like, it is a blessing to be able to do that.
2: And don't get me wrong, I have my moments, especially with my, right I had this little stubborn three year old <laughs> that I'm like, when she yells at me, I don't like you, I'm like, I'm really not a fan of you either, right now. So. <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> but oh, the, no, it doesn't help me appreciate. And I think that any experience in our life, like, I hope you never do experience the loss in your life. And, yeah. um, you know, but. Other experiences, like you said, getting married later in life and not being able to be a mom, maybe as soon as you wanted to helps you appreciate that even yeah. more when you have it. Yeah, for
0: yeah. sure. So you guys are, are expecting you again, which is awesome. Okay. So how did you know, like, when you were ready to try again? Like you're just yeah, like how would you I don't know. I feel like I would just be like, okay, we're done. Like just because I I don't know. I'm yeah. when I come up against something hard, I'm like, yeah,
2: I think I'm done. Yeah. Um Honestly, prayer, <laughs> um, again, my faith. And I'm not apologizing for going back for that because that's who I am. But uh, um, it it really came down to just both my husband and I praying about it. And and both also, like when you experience less, I don't think you're ever fully ready to try again. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Like mm-hmm. It's almost like after having a baby, it's like, should we try again right now? Should we not? And then you're kind of like, well let's just see what happens kind of thing. Um, And and that's when we've just been like, okay, we'll just leave it in God's hands. Like, and I don't mean that in a nonchalantly way, but like, I truly believe that like everything in our life happens for a reason and that like our will isn't necessarily God's will. And so we have to give up our will to be able to align ours with him. And so Mm. that is what I've had to do time and time again, because As any mom knows, it's not easy being pregnant. Like, my boobs hurt. They're huge. My stomach's getting big. But, you know, everything that goes along with it. And it's like, do I really want to go through that again? (laughs) (laughs) And, And so, you know, like, it's just... I don't know if I ever would have been fully ready had it not just been like, I have to be okay. And it hasn't, like, necessarily happened right away when we wanted to have a baby again, like it's taken a few months. And so sometimes I've been like, okay, maybe it's just not God's will. And, and then it would happen. And so I was like, okay, maybe it is. (laughs) And, and so it's just really been like, I think it's a personal journey. Like, is it really what you want? Is it really Mm
1: -hmm. what
2: you're ready for? Because a lot of people try and try and try and they don't experience even the excitement of getting pregnant, which in my experience, like we do, but then it's that, but what's going to happen next kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel like you're not necessarily ever fully ready. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of like
1: brings like, so my question too, for you is, um, do you feel like, you know, with trying again, Well, this is kind of like a twofold question. One, obviously I'm sure your children have like dealt with the losses in their own ways or as much as they, like I know Ainsley is three, right? Yeah. Okay. So, I and she's, I don't know, like I have Austin. So I'm like, he's five. So I'm like trying to think of what he could comprehend at three. I mean, I know that he understands at three, but um, do you feel like one it's hard to tell your child after losses. Like it's hard to tell your children when you're pregnant again, and then two, is it hard to be excited about those pregnancies after you've experienced so many losses?
2: Yes, and yes. <laughs> um, we have chosen as a family because we go through things together, and I feel like it's helped our children. Grow and like you said, a three-year-old doesn't fully comprehend it. Um, but when I was pregnant with Carter, she knew there was a baby in my tummy, and she would talk to the baby. She would, uh, you know, she she's a little mommy. Like she has her baby dolls. Like she yeah. she knows what a baby is, and and so like was that? It, yeah, I for me, we usually tell our kids shortly after we find out because. We want them to experience the process with us. And I, the little older I've gotten, the sicker I've gotten with pregnancy. So I want them to know why I'm a bump on a log on the couch, too. <laughs> um, but it also helps them, like, they're all, it helps me with their excitement, too. Like, they're <laughs> always so excited about it. Um, yeah. And so that helps with my excitement. But I will tell you, even now, I told Seth just today, sometimes it's hard for me to imagine having another baby to raise on this earth, even though I'm 22 weeks pregnant. Like that, that imagining like you do when you're pregnant typically of, oh, I'm going to have this baby and you start preparing this, that, or the other. It's like, that is hard because you take one day at a time. And so like, even when people are like, oh my gosh, it's a girl. And they like buy me something for the baby and give me, you know, a new outfit or something. It's like, I keep the tags on. Cause I just don't know, mm-hmm. like those types yeah. of things, you know, that it's like, are we going to, but then again, I have to go back with just have faith, like just be okay with it type of thing. Um, sure. So yeah, it's, yes and yes it's difficult (laughs) (laughs) and but I do tell my children to help them be a part of it too because I wouldn't want to experience that and then my eight-year-old say well what's going on why is mom at the hospital right Yeah. yeah and and then like this is their life too this is their sibling it's part of who they are and I'm grateful that they recognize that like Carter to them is their brother and when people are saying oh how many kids are in your family Jameson says oh there's three of us but we have three babies in heaven too like our family and he says all the time we're gonna have seven kids I'm like yeah one day we will (laughs) you know like that's a big family we're good now
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: part of them so, I'm sure this whole process, like for you guys, like your guys' story has come well, I, I guess I'm just gonna say I'm sure. I'm just thinking this is what it'd be for me. Probably some anxiety and depression along the way. Um have you experienced that? and like if so, like how how did you deal with it?
2: Anxiety one thousand million percent <laughs> um for sure. um as I mentioned earlier, for me, I feel like I've been fortunate enough that like, have there been days that I have felt that depressed feeling? Yes. Um, but I have tried to quickly kick myself out of it. Um, mostly for my children's sake too. And because I do feel so fortunate and I try to count my blessings that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely. Um, I don't, I probably show anxiety more than I would depression in my life. Um, but the anxiety, I try to just breathe through it. Um, I pray a lot. I I have a friend who recently miscarried. And so we send quotes back and forth to each other to try to help uplift each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, finding that support group to help you through through those times because it's important. And that's why I say I feel like it's important to talk about because to go through that alone, it's actually been proven that almost 50% of babies end up in some miscarriage or loss. Like that's a lot. Yeah. And, and like on crazily enough, like we on my, on the Jones side, we've had 15 grandkids now and our babies have been the only ones that have been lost. Like my mother-in-law had never experienced a miscarriage. She had five babies herself. Like mm-hmm. they just didn't even, they didn't know how to comprehend that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, but like doctors say like 50% of babies end in some sort of miscarriage or loss or whatever that way. So.
1: Yeah. I just feel like too, like I'm so grateful that you're on here today and talking, like just I don't know, just being so open about this because I'm obviously, I'm sure it's sometimes hard to be vulnerable and share your story and everything because I do think that a lot of people, like do go through this. and either, you know, they don't talk about it or I feel like it's it's getting more talked about now than it was twenty years ago. You know what I mean? Like, and so it's just', it's just like I, I mean, it's happening more now, now, yeah.
2: you, right, like for yeah. whatever reason, but yeah,
1: and that's the thing is like I just i and I have had a lot of friends that have had miscarriages, maybe not like to the extent of a sixteen week like a sixteen week loss, or you know it it's happened early on, and I'm not trying to like say that that's like you're not trying to diminish it yeah I guess it's just like it it's still a loss you know that's still just so hard and so um kind of to wrap it up with our last question is if if somebody were in your shoes right now one what advice would you give them and two like is there anything else that you kind of would like to say
2: I think my biggest advice would probably be whether you have a faith that you believe in or whether you don't to find that support group for yourself, Um, whether that's, you know, your husband or whether that's friends that have gone through it or maybe even friends that haven't, Um, because I will tell you that you very easily can go down the depression slide. And can become a very very hard dangerous thing especially if you don't have other children to still be a mom to um and so i would say one find a support group that you can rely on and can help you through the day to day hard things especially early on like in any sort of loss like it's especially hard those first few months but then when those timeframes, those anniversaries, whatever come along, um, that, you know, who you can go to, or, you know, who's going to be there to have your back. Um, but, um, you know, if you do have a faith for me, um, that's what I fully rely on. And to really understand what that faith means to me, like, this isn't my life, right? Like I'm given this life to be here on this earth and what am I gonna do with it? When the experiences that I have, um, we recently had a family in our area, in our church group, in our ward, um, that they have four kids, and they lost their one-year-old to a tragic accident. And you know that that makes you think every day. Like I would say, love and experience every day to the fullest because you never know what's gonna happen tomorrow. And Um, you know, so for me, I love an experience. Like I never let my children leave for school without letting them know how much I love them, even though it might be a crazy chaotic morning trying to get them out the door. Um, because I don't know what's going to happen at school. Right. Mm -hmm. And especially in this crazy world that we live in, that just getting scary and scarier for our children. Um, but I don't know what will happen to me either in those moments. And, And so really to just fully, I guess, experience and love every moment that we're given, um, even the hard times. And when we do go through those hard times to try to reflect, like, what can I learn from those? And that's what I've tried to do because there's always, always, always something to learn from every experience that we go through, no matter how how hard it is. Um, So that would be. Yeah, that's good.
0: I remember Bridget when I was, so when I was pregnant, Bridget told me she wanted to have you on the podcast. And I was like, look, bro, my anxiety cannot handle talking about miscarriages right now. So uh, I was like, we have to wait until I have Robbie. So well,
1: because Liz actually, and I might've told, told you this Kirsten, because I feel like Liz was like a week behind you with Carter yeah because I would talk to Kirsten frequently and I just remember um I feel Liz didn't you have like spotting or something yeah, I did yeah at the beginning I had spotting and I went to the ER I was freaked out
2: yeah yeah so
1: I just remember talking to her about it and anyway but.
2: you had your baby in August right
1: uh-huh. yeah.
2: yeah so yep it would have been right around that time frame for sure yeah so
1: yeah I know. yeah Liz because I had one that's the thing is like I had wanted you on back in like June or something and um Liz was like I like I have got to just like have the baby first because which yeah. is
2: totally understandable because even if you've never experienced it it's still a concern and worry right yeah. like yeah and you want nothing more than to just have a healthy baby and mm-hmm. like the, I guess that's what people always ask me like even before we knew this was a girl they're like do you want a girl or a boy and i'm like i don't really care i just want a healthy baby like there's uh, so much that can go wrong that i just care that that baby's healthy and Uh my husband and i believe like no matter what whether there was a disorder or anything like we'd always raise the child to be our own that way too and so Mm -hmm, you know those types of things that it's like there's so much that can go wrong. I always say, get me to 20 weeks when I can feel the baby kicking and that I can know. But then I get to 20 weeks and I'm like, the baby's not moving. What's wrong But it? You
1: know, like all those things. So, Wait, so this <laughs> isn't, this isn't necessarily like a question that, um, anyway, do they have you coming in more frequently? Like with this one,
2: I see a high risk doctor, but that's only because I'm of advanced maternal age. <laughs>
0: That's going to be me on the next pregnancy. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> so obviously, because I'm over 35 now, um, uh, they have to see me. But my doctor does keep a closer eye and like regulate. But honestly, like there's nothing they can do for you unless like you get can go in for progesterone shots or you can go. But all my tests came back 100 percent fine. Like yeah. what? Mm-hmm. So there was nothing for them to monitor me closely with which I was kind of mad about because I'm like but what about but what about and then yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah just get like gestational diabetes and you have to go in like twice a week. yeah well, exactly. that's like the worst thing ever I hated um, having it. anyway not, uh, well no. I'm so glad that you were able to come on and I'm just yeah sharing
0: I, it's really it's personal and so we're, we're grateful that you're able to share those Thanks things with me. us
2: yeah. I I hope that somebody can glean some comfort and anything from it because, and obviously like if anybody reaches out and wants to talk more or anything, I'm more than open to do that as well. Um, you know, like That's I said, I'm, I'm not a super open on social media, but if someone personally comes to me and talks to me about it, like I love talking one-on-one with someone about this type of thing to help them through it. So All
1: right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Yeah. See you guys.